Hi, this is Mark Van Drunen, and I am here with the third podcast in this series of podcasts I'm calling Stories of Calvary. This past week, I had a chance to sit down to Roger Levering, who was involved in the beginning of the Wednesday night dinner. And he shared these stories with me over the years, and I thought it would be perfect for this podcast to have him share these stories with you as well. So without further ado, here is Roger. To start with, I wonder if you could tell us like how this started and why the Wednesday night dinner started. And what were you guys thinking at the time? Yeah. Well, um, at the time, I was with uh, Paul Salser. He knew Arthur Bailey, okay. the minister, and he came one Sunday night, and he made a statement that stuck with me the rest of my life. He said, um, if your church moved 20 miles, would the community know it? And we did absolutely nothing for the community, and God touched me through that, and um, there were a couple of women, um, Donna Fisher uh, was one of them, and they went to the consistory and they wanted to have a Wednesday night meal. And the consistory said, no, we can't afford it. So I don't know why, but God told me, no, that's not it, just go. And Paul was the assistant pastor, so I did kind of have an in, and I said, how about if we just use the gym, let, and we'll, we'll support it. And so that's kind of how it started. Oh, wow. We just did it, and we had no money, no, we just did it on a whim. But I, see, I'm, I'm a big believer that if you don't know what you're doing, you can always find people that God will put people in your life. And I knew a woman that was a cook at Sunset Manor, and she, on Wednesday nights they had a meal for the church, which was Trinity Christian Reform. Okay. So Paul and... I and our two wives went there and watched them how they did it so that we could pick it up okay. here. So then we, and she gave me all the recipes on how to do it for 150 people. And she got me hooked up with someone at uh, Gordon Food who would get me the supplies. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And we just winged it from there. And uh, we started, I think, in 2003. Okay. And we did it for. Um, probably two or three years before the church got on board, we just oh, wow. we would just they they did allow me to go in front of the church, and so I would tell them the needs and so forth. And the church, the people are in this church are amazing. They've always had a spirit of giving, mm-hmm. so there was always um, money there. Sometimes it wasn't always there that day. <laughs> um, we had to put a little money in to get the ice cream or something, um, but. How it started out is um, I felt God, well, let's put it this way, the world looked down on these people. Mm. And for one hour of their life, we were going to make them feel like God wanted them. And so I bought the very best food. I mean, I, some of them had never had ice cream for two or three years. You don't think about that. Wow. But, you know, and I bought, I mean, you can buy different grades of hamburgs and everything else, but I bought the best grade of everything, and we treated them like they were at the Pantland Hotel or something. We wanted them to know that God really cared about them, mm-hmm. and we didn't look down on them. And I always told people, don't look down on them. They are God's people, and we have a responsibility to show them for one hour what God thinks of them. Yeah. And so we... That was very important, that we did not look down on them. Um, you know, we got a lot, at the beginning, we got a lot of people would always say, well, you know, 
how many of them come to church? Mm. What I what people don't realize that is their church. That's their community. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I sometimes I would sit by the table, and one of them would say, you know, I got to go to a doctor's appointment, and someone else from the neighborhood would say, well, I'll take you. And so people don't realize that was their church. And uh, one day, uh, when I started out, there were some people that helped right away. Um, Neil and Marge DeYoung. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And Al. Bowerhoff and his wife yeah. and Bill and his wife and we had some really really good people that started right out and helped um, at the beginning it was kind of tough because sometimes there would be nobody to clean up so the four of us would have to clean mm-hmm. up we'd be here till 9 9 30 cleaning up but hey that was that's that's not a problem but um, anything that I put into it God gave me such a blessing more than what I put in, I got back out from these people. It was amazing. One, we would visit. After a while, I became an elder to the community. Okay. And so I didn't have to go to meetings or anything. I just had to report. But like an official elder, but for yeah, for the community. community. Yeah. yeah, that was my that was my flock. Uh-huh. And so one day, Bill and I went to visit someone in in the, the hospital. He was sick. And he introduced us as his church family, and that really stuck with me. I, I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah. for him to consider that, and he always he got he ended up at the veterans home, and he'd invite us over there for uh, meals with him when they had special days and okay. everything. And in fact, when he died, um, I had my mother was in the hospital, and um, he was on life support, hmm. and his his sisters still come here. Um, and they wanted me to come in the room to help them make the decision whether to, hmm. and that was, that was, wow. but uh, yeah, we decided to, to do it. And then he came back and he could talk to us and then he died, but oh, he, wow. he was unconscious and then they took all the tubes out and he came and, he, you know, talked to me and he talked to everyone. And then, you know, within a couple hours he died. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of things I think that like, um, Pastor Camstra, he even had some funerals from people mm-hmm. outside that would, yeah. you know, consider this their church. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, so that that's kind of how it started. Um, what was the name you guys called it right away? We called it Four Four Corners. That okay. was Paul. That was Paul's idea. Uh-huh. And we even had to explain that because people think well, Four Corners that means we're getting people from all over the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't. Four Corners was from the Jewish when they when when farmers did their fields they would leave the outside for the people for the community okay well if you were a real good christian you would cut the corners big Mm. and so that's what this church is about cutting the corners big and giving it so that's why it was called four corners to leave some for people who don't have their own plenty yep and this this church is amazing i mean i like i say i've never had anybody turn me down um but you got to ask i mean Mm -hmm. they'll do it but they need a leader to kind of Mm-hmm. Lead the way. Yeah. So, yep. How'd you get people to come? I mean, brand new thing. How'd you get people in the door or interested or even knowing well, about it? That that was that was tough. That was really hard. Um, I because of my background in business, we bought a uh, postage stamp and we made mailings. You can buy mailings for anything. Mm. I mean, when I owned River Rock, I got every in-ground pool in Michigan. And I made a mailing. I mean, they know everything about everybody. Huh. So I went to Kent Communi- uh, Communication. Okay. 
and then I said I want to buy um, everyone for two miles around the church, or a mile around the church. Mm -hmm. Well, there's at that time there was 800 apartments within a mile of here. Yeah, there still so, is. Yeah, there still yeah. is. It's amazing. So we made a mailing. Well, then I wanted to go to the churches, or I mean to the uh, to to the uh, apartments. Okay. Well, they're not going to let you go in there. No. So <laughs> I, I always have these crazy ideas. So one day I said there, I said to let's let's. Put it on the windshields uh -huh. of the cars. Of the cars in the parking lot, well, right? Poor, poor Doug got a call the next day. <laughs> what these people did is they would read it and throw it on the ground. I never <laughs> thought about that, but oh man, they were upset. But we, then, then I would go where these people were, where they would go. So I would go to pawn shops. Oh. I would go to these checking places. I'd go to laundromats, mm. and I would leave information there about the. the the dinners. Mm -hmm. this, this one here is from our church way at the beginning. Oh wow! Yeah, that's it's quite elaborate. But um, and we always did it first class. I mean, we made it so that it would that it would catch their eye. Yeah. But and then it took a it took quite a while to get it going. But God just kept saying, "Do this, do this, do this," and it it, it worked out. And at one time we had a lot of Hispanics, so. We couldn't understand them. Mm. Well, there's a Hispanic church on on 36th Street, so we invited the uh, assistant pastor there, and that really helped us. We had a lot, a lot of Hispanics, and then um, all of a sudden they all went there, which is not a problem. Yeah, mine isn't to get them here; mine's to get them to church. Yeah, and uh, so that worked out really, really well um, with that. And um, we had some hiccups. I mean, we had some robberies inside the church at the beginning mm -hmm. the guys would s steal coats and we had to have the police here oh, yeah, yeah. one time someone came in and um, someone was going to shoot him in the parking lot oh, okay. well, I had a, you know, there's some things <laughs> uh, and, and one time we had a woman that she would she wouldn't eat her meal she would eat out of the garbage oh okay and so she's the only person that i ever asked to leave because she came back three or four times and I just said because that was the way she had been living. Yes, so that's long. the way she yeah. lived. She decided yeah. to get it yep. out of garbage, and that's the way she did it. And yeah, I said, you know, we just—I'll give you five meals if you want, but she wouldn't eat her meals. It was, oh. That's just kind of the way it was, you know. Yeah. We had people from California that I don't know how they found out, but they found out they were living in their cars, and they mm -hmm. would stop in, and it was—it was pretty amazing. In fact, we had—we um, would open up at three thirty, and we let people come in well we had these two young kids they would come in at 3 30 and when we were cleaning up at seven o'clock they were still there mm -hmm. and after a while i got thinking man they're here every you know yeah all the time so i asked them why and their their parents locked them out until eight o'clock oh wow they were not allowed in so they would come here and you know you don't realize what this meal means to these people they some of these kids don't eat people don't realize that they they have plenty I mean that's that's why we we gave them ice cream and we gave them a salad. Mm -hmm. But with the salad, I got everything bacon bits and everything else. So oh, they yeah. got yeah. It wasn't just a salad; it was the best. I mean yeah. they, you know. So that was very important to me that God presented the very best to them, and they were in His eyes they were the best. Um, then we started a prayer meeting afterwards where people could come in. Okay. And uh, we had the community people come in, and it was 
not depressing, but it was almost overwhelming their mm -hmm. needs. Mm -hmm. I mean, one time we had a woman come in and she had her grandkids, her daughter had left and she had no electricity and this and that, you know. And I couldn't sleep at night. And I thought, mm. what am I, you know, what, what do I do? And then God came to me and he said, Roger, I gave you one job for one hour. You find somebody else to take care of the other problems, but you do the very best you can do for that one hour. Mm -hmm. And so that, that kind of helped. And then we, we got them some help because it's, it's, otherwise it's overwhelming. Yeah. You know, it's got to, um, yeah. But, uh, what are some Bible verses that come to mind when you think about doing this kind of thing? I don't know the, 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 the verses, but I always remember um, I ran away from home when I was young, and my grandparents took me in. That's how I ended up here. Okay. But when my, when my grandparent, when he died, he, he had a heart attack, and he was laying in a hospital, and um, he called me into the room, and um, he told me something. Like, you never forget that. You never forget those last words. Yeah. And so... I got thinking, what are the last words of Jesus? It's mm. to go out into the world. That that must have been the very most important thing to him to say. Mm. And that stuck with me. That, hey, he told me to go out and do the word and help people. That was the last, that must have been very, very important to him. And so that always sticks with me. That I remember the very words my grandpa told me because that was the last time he was going to talk to me. And that's what Jesus said. That was the very last word. So yeah. that's kind of what sticks with me there. Okay. Going so, all the world and make disciples. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's good. And, go, and making disciples doesn't mean you preach to them. You have to help them. I mean, it's our responsibility to help people, not just go there and say, hey, you're going to go to hell mm. if you don't do this or do that. You, you have to build a relationship with them so they understand you know, and, and Jesus don't have a second plan. We're the plan. Mm. I mean, we have to represent him. Yeah. And so when they see me, they're supposed to see him. And um, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes, um, you know, they say, well, did, did, he, did, he, you know, did he get saved? Well, he never told me that. He never told me that I was going to be the one. I might be number one. There might be eight people. There might be 30 people. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I get to heaven, there's going to be some people there that I want to thank that never saw anything, but just by their kindness of what they said and how they said it made an impact on my life, and I never forgot that. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't see the end result, and we're not necessarily going to see the end result. Jesus didn't tell us, I'm going to tell you everything about this person <laughs> from what their problem is. You just have to show them the love of Jesus and... That's all you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to know everything. And yeah. so, yeah, that's kind of where most of the ministry that we, that I did or, that, you know, I have to remember that this is Jesus because what, what happened here at Calvary is unimaginable. I never imagined in my wildest dream when we started these meals that it was going to go to this, to the coffee shop and, mm -hmm. the, you know, the washer to dry. So what he starts through you. He doesn't even tell you what's going to happen. Yeah. You know. did, did you imagine that this would still be going 17 years later? Or maybe it was best not to think about that. It was, that, that was not my... <laughs> no, I would have never guessed the outreach that this church has accomplished. No, that wasn't... It was... It was really, I, what would I say? I just kind of took it day by day. I, I knew that we had to have um, an outreach for the people in the community to touch them. Mm -hmm. And Wednesday night was the way to do it. And so that's kind of how it started. And then 
it just kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger after that. And um, it, but it takes time, you know. But we did have quite a few people even at the first time because we did a lot of advertising. Mm. You know, I went went to all these people. It, it takes some pumping to get it going. But yeah, you have to. I mean, you you have to reach out to them. You, you know, you can't wait for them to come to you. Yeah. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I never imagined this. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling to me that what God has done with this thing, and who knows where He's going to take yeah, it. Exactly. You never know. You never, you know. He he, if if you just do it, uh, what you think, um, and rely on yourself, that's not good enough. God has something planned bigger and better. So you got to let Him lead you. You can't lead. You mm-hmm. got to you got to do it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I say, I never, I, I imagined it would get bigger. I did understand that, and I told Paul when we started, I said, other churches are going to do this because yeah. we're going to be the leader. What's your prayer for the church, either this church or the church in general? Um, I know as you get older, you can't do as much as you want to yeah, do. That, you yeah. still got all the thoughts and the dreams and the visions, but your yeah. body won't cooperate body as well. Cooperate more. But uh, what's your prayer? That is one thing you can do. What's your prayer for the church? Well, my prayer, I guess, would be... Um, to be the um, hands and eyes and mind of Jesus. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be. So um, when you meet this person in the community or wherever, um, don't judge them because you don't know their uh, situation. You don't know why they're grumpy. You don't know why they're grouchy. You don't, you know, but God tells you to treat them as a brother and sister. And I would pray that the church would do that, which this church is very, very good at. They really are. They're, it's outreach. And that, I guess that would be my prayer, that yeah. they would continue that. So, yeah, that's yep. good. I haven't done this before. I don't know if this will work, but I wondered actually if it would work to have you pray um, for the church and mm-hmm. maybe just for anyone who's listening that God would equip them to do whatever God's called them to do. Sure. Whether it's related to this or something, some other area of faithfulness. Sure, That'd sure. That would be great. Okay. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning in awe that we can talk to the creator of this very earth, of of the breath that we have, that you take the time to listen to each and every word that we uh, talk to you. Um, We ask, Lord, that you may give us a blessing on what you want us to do as a church and as Christians in this world sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes we um, get overwhelmed by what's going on here but lord we have to remember that you are in charge and that uh, whatever you want us to do we are to do and not be overwhelmed by this by this earth but just listen to what you want us to do and may we do it and uh also, I want to thank you, Lord, for all the people that you've put in my lo- in my life. What a difference it has made because these people have influenced me, even by just saying something or doing something. Um, and I want to thank them someday in heaven, Lord. And uh, I know that they're they're watching and they're listening because you have told me that they are there. And uh, I just want to ask that you will be with each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.